Welcome back, everyone, to... Oh, well, it's not that kind of episode. Welcome back to the Popcorn Podcast. I am Tommy Cresta, and as you see, it's just me today. Uh, I stole Ryan's chair, which is I'm now learning very comfortable. And kind of squeaky, but hopefully it doesn't pick up as much. Uh, yeah, so today I just want to do a little episode that I'm going to eventually talk about... Letterbox and what I've been watching recently, but first I want to start off, and I, we get a lot of questions about making the podcast, the short film, and I thought I would just dive into that bef- while it's just me here by myself. Not that Ryan can talk about this, but it's just something, uh, the short film came from a very personal moment in my life, and so the podcast, so when they were created, so yeah, I thought maybe I'd just talk about because I know people, I've been... I've got to talk to some amazing people on Instagram. Thank you to all those who reached out and wanted to talk. Um, and people asked me to give my point of view on all this and just talk about the podcast and everything else that made the short film, what made me do the podcast, what made us make this short film, and what brought up this topic subject. So, yeah, uh, starting off with the podcast, I have always really liked movies and it was never something I ever thought about working in or making a podcast or anything like that. But eventually, I knew baseball wasn't really an option anymore. And I wanted to do something a little different with my life because I felt like I was going, life was getting a little stale for me. I wasn't doing much. So I was like, well, I don't want to go to school yet. And I don't, I know I can't play baseball at a high, higher level than what I play at. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to listen to the Army. I did that on my 18th birthday, graduated high school, had a nice little summer before I left. Then I went to basic training, got through that, very, very tough. And yeah, I came home. And right away, I knew that I missed the Army already, and I kind of wish I went active duty full-time instead of doing National Guard. But eventually, as we see now, I'm very happy with my decision. But yeah, uh, something always just fell a little bit off, felt like I was still missing something. I think it was like missing out on baseball, being a little bit behind in school, not really being at the point in my life where I wanted to be. And yeah, I remember we were doing our annual training event in Fort Drum, which is a, it's in New York. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but we'll go with it anyway. And I was late laying in the woods on a night operation. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I want to make a podcast. And I want to talk about movies because I do love, I love movies and I like, talk, I like talking about them with my friends. So I was like, you know what? Let's do it. So I came home. I picked a name that was horrible. We're not going to talk about that. And then my dad actually came up with the Popcorn Podcast. And I was like, that's a cool name. Uh, got a design for the podcast. It was a nice little slate with the popcorn coming out of it. For anyone who remembers that, you've been listening for a very long time. And... Yeah, uh, I eventually recorded an episode with Ryan, and it was episode number one. We did in South Carolina. It is god-awful. And, yeah, so that's how the podcast ever came about. And eventually I was doing an episode here and there. I wasn't really loving it because it felt I was more stressed about it than anything. I wasn't having fun doing the show. And I told my mom, I was like, oh, I don't think I'm gonna, I don't think I'm gonna go through with this. I think I'm just gonna stop. And my mom told me, she's like, she's like, don't give up, just keep doing it. She's like, you're, you're very. She was saying, she'd be my mom. She was like, you're good at it, keep going. So eventually, I did, and eventually, I got to have 
Charlie Copon, a folklore singing singer, and I got to rank Adam Sandler movies with him. And I was like, okay, that was fun. Then I got Nate Lip and Jake Bradbury on, who were two Emmy nominated directors and producers. I was like, okay, it's starting to go somewhere. I did that Spider Man review with Matt, who you've guys seen a couple times now. And that episode blew up and eventually it just I was like, Okay, this is I wanna do this, I wanna keep I actually wanna try and make this show as good as possible. So I kept having guests on here and there, different people. And eventually Ryan, I think, did four episodes in a row with me. And I was like, Okay. I was like, I'm gonna ask Ryan to just be my co host. Like this is every episode he's on does really well with me. And I think we just have good chemistry, being best friends and both loving adoring movies, not just loving them. So I remember we did an episode with Amanda Gabrielle. I think it's episode 31, if I remember correctly. And we were ranking all the Spider-Man movies. And I remember announcing it. I was like, hey, welcome my official co-host of the podcast, Ryan Fran. And ever since then, the show kind of just took off. I feel like once me and Ryan kind of found, like, the show was always good, I think. But me and Ryan, I think by episode 50, we're like, okay. We started finding, like, a rhythm. We got to episode 75. And episodes started a lot better, a lot better. And wherever we did the Batman spoiler review, that's when me and him together were like, okay, this is this is like a serious thing. Like, people want our opinions on this kind of stuff, which I don't know why, because it's not very good. <laughs> but um, yeah, so doing the podcast has always been a thing that I've loved doing, and it, it was stressful for a while, just because I didn't know, and I wanted to be successful right away. I did wasn't okay with. Starting off slow, which I know is part of the gig. Uh, good friends of mine, Raise the Lost Podcast, who you guys know. If you listen to us, you listen to them most likely. They were huge in pushing me because when it was just me, I was really struggling. I didn't, I wasn't getting the numbers I wanted. I reached out to them. They were like, hey, like we've been going at this for years, and now we're just starting to get our like huge numbers. So that made me feel a lot better. Uh, Bo Oliver from Nerd Soup got, talked to me, gave me some tips on how to get a bigger audience and all that kind of stuff. So... Uh, I'm very thankful to everyone who's helped us along the way. But yeah, uh, the show's been, I think I talked about this on Instagram, not on here. The show kind of, in my opinion, saved my life a little bit. Because I I was going through my own issues, which I'll talk about more when I get into the short film part of this, uh, this little talk. And I just think that the podcast gave, made me feel like I had a purpose again. I had the military, but that's that's a different kind of purpose. Like, you're doing that... My reason for doing it was I just wanted to help people. But I feel like I didn't have a purpose in what I wanted to do after the military. Because once I was in for like a year, I kind of knew that I didn't want I didn't want to do it for the rest of my life. I wanted to do something a little different with myself. And I'm grateful every day to the military. I don't want anyone to think I'm not. They've given me every opportunity. They've given me free school and all that stuff. I wouldn't be able to do most of the stuff I do in my life without them. But I knew I wanted to change something up. So I did the podcast and now... I've gotten, since doing the podcast now, I've gotten to talk with all these amazing people all over the internet from across the country, and I've gotten to make a short film, I got to travel, all this stuff. I've gotten to meet fans of ours, which is all just amazing, and the opportunities it's given me and Ryan, I think, mean more than we, I don't know how to word it, we're just grateful for everyone who listens to us, shares the show, talks about us, is fans of ours fans, quote-unquote, just friends of ours, because you're all friends to us. We love seeing every single one of you. Anytime you guys come up to us, it's it's amazing that we get to talk to so many people. And the fact that you guys want to 
listen to us and you guys listening to us has given us the opportunity to not just do the show consistently and not and gives us a reason to do it, but it makes us happy and it helps us with our own mental health and all that kind of stuff. Um, I also want to give credit to Ryan's dad who uh, he made the show better without him even understanding. I think that he made the show better by letting us work it out of the off, giving us an office space to work out of. We got to, we moved out of my basement, which was where we were doing it. Uh, we have soundproofing now. We have a whole office. There's a poster actually of us up there, which is cool. And I just, I just love working here. I get so excited every time I come do the show, and you guys make that possible for us. So yeah, I know I'm going on a little bit of a weird. This is a weird episode, but this is something I knew that people wanted me to talk about. So yeah, that's that's where the podcast really came from. It was just a lot of me wanting to try something different and knowing I loved movies. Then that comes from my parents who. From the time I was, I mean, probably born, we had a VHS player in my room, and I had three laundry baskets of just VHS tapes, VHS tapes, that I would watch a different one every Friday, Dif- different one. It was probably Return of the Jedi twice a month, and then something else for the other two, and Batman and Robin. I really liked that movie when I was little. Now it's not very good. But, yeah, that's that's probably where the movie's love came from. Watching Amazing Spider-Man, as I've talked about, made me fall in love with how movies were made. Just everything. Um, so I got to thank my parents, the uh, Mr. and Mrs. Ferran, Ryan, every single person who's ever helped me with this show. They've they've made this an amazing, amazing experience for me and for Ryan. It's given us such an amazing two years now of our lives that, yeah, I don't think we would have, I don't think we ever would have made the short film, which I'll talk about next without you guys' support for it and the love that you guys gave to us and everyone else who donated to us. So, yeah, um, that's the part about the podcast. And then I'll talk about the short film now, and then we'll get in a letterbox review. I know this is a wacky episode, but I thought it would be something nice to do for once, a little change of pace to the basic me and Ryan talk about a movie for 45 minutes to an hour or a TV show. So I thought maybe try something a little different because I've been pushing off doing this episode for what feels like a year now. And I knew that people wanted to hear it. And I, I so yeah, um, I'm going to talk about it now, the short film, which we still don't have a title on. We Our working title is called The Effect. And right away when I titled it that, Ryan's like, nope. But he's like, that's not the name of our movie, which is fair enough. But... Our story is about a character named Brady, and it is a day in his. It is technically it's a 28-hour period of his life. He is dealing with severe depression, and he is struggling with an eating disorder. Uh, he's suffering from binge eating. For those who don't know, binge eating is overconsume the overconsumption of food. Yeah, and it's not. He's not eating and then throwing up. He's just eating. There's no. Uh, oh my God! I can't remember the word. Damn it. He's not purging. God, I should know that. So, uh, I wrote the outline for this movie about a year and almost two two years ago now, I think. Um, I had suffered from, I still I still struggle with my own eating disorder, binge eating. Uh, watching the show, I don't know if you guys can tell, you can watch me gain weight and now lose weight throughout the show. Because episode one, I was probably around, probably, probably right around where I'm at now. Probably like 10 pounds heavier than I am now. And then progressively, I went up to 330 pounds, and now I'm back down. 
and I'm at 251.6 now, I think I'm at. And, yeah, so I, I had a really bad struggle with it. It was something that was controlling every decision I ever made in my life. To the point where I literally couldn't do anything beside, without thinking about what I was going to eat. And it, it, it sucked. I mean, it still sucks because it's still, I've gotten a lot better with it. I, I, got, I went and got help with everything. And I'm okay with talking about this now. And I know, pe- I know people around me are like, why are you telling all these people on the internet what your struggles are? And I think it's because everyone has their own struggles. And I know eating disorder is a big thing in the country, in the world, not just the U.S. But male eating disorder isn't talked about as much as I think it needs to be, which was a key factor in why I wanted to make the movie. And I think it also was a bit therapeutic for me to be able to relive these moments in my own life and get to act them out. And hopefully someone else can see this movie that's struggling like I was and they can get the help that they need and they feel like that they're not the only person in the world that suffered from this because that's what I thought. Because every time you looked up male ED, we all know erectile dysfunction was the thing that came up and it would literally take you to the bottom of the page to find something about a male eating disorder. So... I remember the day that I was like, okay, I think I need to get myself some help, was I ate in one day. It was like I went to McDonald's for every meal plus like crappy like snacks, ice cream, all that stuff. And I got on a scale and it was, I want to say it was the day before Halloween uh, last year. And I weighed in at three hundred and thirty-two point eight pounds. I said three thirty-two, right? I don't want to make sure I didn't say four. Three thirty-two point eight, and I was—I felt nauseous, like just sick of myself. I didn't—I—I uh, I didn't wear anything besides sweatpants and hoodies, no matter what time of year it was. And I just—I felt disgusted by myself. I—I I just didn't feel good. I felt like I couldn't do anything. I was just slow. I I don't know. I, it, it was just bad. Everything about that was just a rough time for me. I couldn't... The depre- My depression went through the roof during all this because I didn't think I was worth... Like, why did I deserve to be alive if all I was doing was pretty much killing myself by eating like this, not working out, not doing anything to make myself better? I had spent thousands of dollars on food in, like, a month... I won't, and that's, it was just bad, I didn't, I was going, I was losing all my money on food that I didn't need, it wasn't like I was going grocery shopping, I was just eating fast food every day, and it was just to the point where I was like, I need to figure something out, and I remember telling Ryan and Matt, privately, each of them, and I told all my friends that I had, what I've been going through, because I thought that I can't, I don't need to keep this stuff in anymore, I need to be able to be vocal about this stuff, because I, I, I've probably been suffering from depression. Now I'm very happy now. Um, probably for like seven seven years now. And it was always rough because I never, I never specifically went and tried to take my own life, but I had planned it times. I thought about it a lot. And I just didn't want to be here anymore. I didn't think I had anything to give to this world. Like I thought I was just a waste of space for a long time in high school when things were still pretty good from my life. And... Yeah, um, it sucked, but I'm better now. I'm I'm here. I have a podcast that I love doing, and I think you can 
me at least, looking through certain episodes of the podcast, I can tell when things were worse and when things were better. I seem a lot less happy. I'm smiling less. I don't. I feel like I don't look as good, of course. And uh, yeah, so now I just want a whole tangent. I want to talk about the short film. So I wrote this the screenplay, not the screenplay, because Ryan helped me with the screenplay. I wrote the storyboard for the movie when I was actually in a clinic for eating disorder. And the therapist I was seeing at the time through the clinic was like, you should write about it. Like, you love writing. And I do. I love writing summaries, anything. I just like writing. And she was like, you should write about it. So I did, and I kind of made like a story about it. And instead of Brady, who the main character is, it was my name. It was Tommy. And I remember showing her, and she's like, this is great. Like she's And I just never did anything about it. I just wrote it, and I really liked it. And I remember showing it to teachers of mine. I uh, showed my dad, I think. I didn't show my mom yet. But yeah, then I eventually I got out of the clinic. I moved to a virtual version, and I was in there for a couple weeks. So I think all in total, it was probably like three months, three and a half months, I was doing uh, partial inpatient, and then I did virtual. And yeah, so I did that, and that was around when the Phillies were in the World Series last year. So it's been probably a year now. And yeah, I eventually told my friends. I became a little more vocal about it. I showed Ryan the outline. I was like, hey, um, I would love to make this into a movie, maybe. And Ryan's like, okay, let's do it. And I sent him a really, I was going through a rough week or something. And this was probably eight months ago now, uh, seven months ago. And I sent him a really long message. It was like two in the morning. I was like, dude, I, I don't want to do anything else besides make movies. Like, it was like a moment. And I think in a couple, like a couple years now, when we, I think when we do work in, on a feature film in L.A., hopefully, Georgia, something, a major studio movie. I think we'll look back on that conversation as like a turning point for the both of us where we both talked about wanting to make movies for the rest of our lives, and that's what we want to work on. But this was like a moment where I was like, this is what I want to do. I was like, if you want it, if you don't want to, I was like, I just need to know. And he and he agreed, and he's like, this is what he wants to do as well. So we decided we're going to write this. So we spent a couple of months writing it. We finished the script. We sent it in. Our production team that we're working with, Green Tear Productions, love you guys. This is not. Uh, this is nothing against you guys. They were like, this is not good. And they gave me like 100 points to fix. We went back. We reworked it, that it was no longer an eating disorder movie. It was now just a depression movie. I was then like, no, this I don't want that. I want to make an eating disorder movie because that's what needs to be talked about. Reworked it back into an eating disorder movie. Submitted it. They said it was drastic improvements. And then we got into casting. We had over 250 submissions for Brady and over 300 submissions for Abby slash Matt, which is my best one of my best friends, Ryan and Matt. And Abby is Matt's girlfriend, so that's why the character's name is Abby. And... I remember we were casting for months and months and months, and we were just trying to find someone. And eventually we got Bobby, who's our actress, who plays Abby, and she gives an amazing performance. I'm very excited for everyone to see her perform this, because I think it's really, really good. I think she's she anchors this whole short film. And eventually Ryan came to me, because every guy, this is nothing against you guys that, uh, that did audition for the movie, every single one of them had like a six-pack. And I was like, this does not work. Because if it's about a guy with an eating disorder who's gained a ton of weight and all this stuff, a guy with a six-pack does, doesn't fit the role. And we don't have the budget for a fat suit or anything like that. And a lot of them did give really good performances in the auditions. And it, 
eventually Ryan was just brought up to the idea that I should do it. And I'd always wanted to act, but at the same time, I didn't. I thought this was maybe a little too close to home for me to my first ever thing doing acting was going to be my own life. But Ryan kind of pulled my, twisted my arm, which I think was a good thing because I think it let me more therapeutically go through the movie and my life and just kind of accept what happened. It's in the past, and I can accept that now. And yeah, so we eventually moved into pre-production where we started working with Ted, our director of photography, uh, Doug, our producer, Tariq, our, our sound mixer, and all that stuff. And we got closer and we were fixing up some scenes, changing some things up. And I remember the day before filming, I was just stressed out. And Ryan, who's calm, cool, and collected, very great guy to have in a stressful moment, especially me, who my brain moves at a million miles per hour. He just told me it's gonna be good. He said we're gonna. He's like, he's like, it's our first movie. He's like, don't stress this. He's like, things are gonna be okay. He's like, don't worry about it. And yeah, I think that was what I needed. We went and shot the movie. Uh, it was two 12-hour days, and I think the movie is now about 10 minutes. I get the final cut today or tomorrow. So so far, uh, the people that, the family and friends I've got to see it, and trust me, my family's told me when things are bad that I've worked on. Uh, they they liked it so far. Uh, a lot of people have cried, which I I think it's sad because I don't want them to be sad. But at the same time, it that means we got the point across that we're trying to make. And yeah, I think the I think you guys will enjoy it. I think it is true to what an eating disorder is, and it's a the real the real conversation I, I conversations I had with Matt. And I want people to understand that every scene is real, from the opening scene to the end, is a true story. I mean, ver almost verbatim to what actually happened. Besides the actual suicide attempt, I never actually went to that point in my life. I planned to do what is in the movie. I never went through with it. I went to the place and didn't go as far. Like, I went and looked to be like, okay, this place is pretty empty. But I never did it. Um, I'm here. I never attempted. And I'm happy that I get to say I'm here and I get to talk to all these you amazing people about what I've been going through. So yeah, the short film is just about wrapped up now, uh, thanks to Men's Mental Health Association. You guys are huge. Thanks to BetterHelp. You guys also were really huge in this, uh, in donating to the short film. Uh, every single one of you who donated made a huge difference, because we need every last penny that we got. And yeah, um, I really hope you guys do enjoy the short film, I think. I think it's a really necessary movie. And this is me being a little biased. But I think people need to know what it's like to have an eat, a male eating disorder. Because it's, it's not an easy thing. No eating disorder, no uh, mental health issue is an easy thing to deal with. But, yeah, so, um, yeah, that's the that's the first part of this episode. We're just kind of running through the podcast, the mental health stuff, the eating disorder, and all of that. and uh, And the short film. So, now moving on to a more fun part of the episode... Uh, I want you to just give a quick rundown of what I've been up to and what I've been watching recently. And I brought it, put it up on the, all on Letterboxd. Uh, make sure to ch follow me on Letterboxd. Ooh. Look at this, guys. See if you guys can see that. Look at that. My mom just sent me that. It's a nice tattoo book. And it's like 130 symbols and what they mean because my mom knows I love my tattoos. Um... But yeah, uh, what I've been down with recently. So, I've uh, been watching a lot of the Phillies. If you can't tell, I wear this hat almost every episode now. Um, I'm a diehard baseball fan. 
So that's been fun. Uh, they just won game one of the NLCS yesterday. They are playing tonight at 8.07. Aaron Nola is pitching against Merrill Kelly of the Arizona Diamondbacks. So, yeah, that's been stressful. Uh, I'm feeling pretty nauseous at the moment because of it. And, yeah, so that's – Phillies are a key factor in my life at the moment. Um, in class, in school, just doing that. Not really liking it, but got to do it because I made a promise to my mom about it. Um, but, yeah, uh, I don't know for whoever follows me on Instagram. I've been doing a horror movie countdown to Halloween. And I was trying to do it every day, but it is kind of hard to watch a movie every single night, especially when you're trying to watch baseball, still go out with your friends, uh, hang out with your family, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I've been doing a lot, though. I think I'm at, so I've watched 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. I've watched 13 horror movies, though, and it's October 17th. I'm doing, I feel like I'm doing pretty well. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to give you guys a little breakdown of what I've watched and what I've given them on Letterboxd so far. So, just so if you guys want to follow... What is my account? I think it's Tommy... Yeah, it's just Tommy Cresta. You can find me. Um, the sim- My logo is the Popcorn Podcast logo. Um, but, yeah, I wanted to... If you guys follow me, I want to see what your guys' favorite movies are. I want to see if you guys like my reviews or not. And if you guys want more of these kind of episodes, please let me know. I will definitely talk more about my own personal life and if i would love to talk to all of you about anything you guys went through or if you want any tips about making a podcast i know i'm not the best person to ask for this but i gotta ask a question you you'd be surprised how many people want to make a podcast these days so yeah um but going into my movies uh the first one that i'm going to be talking about is hell house hell house llc which was a found footage film from 2015 and it's about a group of friends creating a haunted house at an abandoned motel in Bumblefuck, New York. And they document them creating the house and everything that goes on there. If you want me to show what drink that is, please sponsor us. And I will talk about your energy drinks. But they document them creating the building, uh, refurbishing it, and making it into the haunted house. But... This is a mockumentary slash found footage. It's about how on the opening night of the haunted house, things went drastically wrong. People were killed and all this stuff. And I had never really, and I'm a huge horror fanatic. Like, I, I try and watch a horror movie as much as I can. Um, I never heard of this one. This was the one that I was most like, okay, what, like, what am I getting myself into with this one? And I saw that Mason side, everyone go follow him, check him out on Instagram, TikTok. He's huge. I mean, he's probably the best horror content creator out there. Mason, everyone send this to him. I want you on the show. I would love to do episodes with you. But I was sh- I was kind of like, okay, found footage. I was never a big found footage guy leading up to doing these episodes I did. Um, so, yeah, I watched the movie. I watched it by myself at like 11 o'clock at night. Bad idea. And it's... It's in my top five scariest movies I've ever watched. I mean, I truly think this movie is heart-pounding. It's scary. It's thrilling. It's it's just a good horror movie. And it, I think it's not a bad movie either. I think I, I have it at three and a half stars right now out of five, which is a pretty high score for a horror film, in my opinion. But there's a... Everyone knows my fear of clowns. There's a clown in this movie. And I'm telling you, it's one of the scariest characters I've ever seen. I'm being dead honest with you. It, it's scary. Uh, but yeah, it was a really good horror movie. Um, I'll read my review. 
This is the first entry in my horror countdown. Hell House LLC is one of the best found footage horror movies since The Blair Witch. It has some terrific scares and a really well done twist. And the next film on my list, which I'm going to say on here and for the podcast, uh, the next one I watched was Deborah Logan, The Taking of Deborah Logan. This is a mockumentary as well, slash found footage. Uh, it's a t- student doing their like their last assessment, I kind of forget. And they decide to study this woman who's suffering from Alzheimer's, Deborah Logan. And you kind of just see it's the first half of the movie is just sad. It's not scary. It's just sad watching this woman, her motor skills deteriorate and all that stuff. It's just a sad movie. But eventually it does what most horror movies do that go against what I believe horror should be. And they take they go for the fences and it doesn't work for me. Um, I have this currently at two stars. I didn't. I did not like this one as much. I thought that it could have been a lot scary because I think the design for Deborah later on, as her hair falls out a little bit more and all that stuff, she looks just scary. And I think you could have just had her kind of use the cameras around the house and show her kind of walking around, pacing rooms and all that kind of stuff. So I, w- I wish it was better. I watched this, and I think it could also be I watched this one with friends. Maybe it just didn't scare me as, as much. But there's one shot in this movie that has stuck with me. And if you've seen the movie, you know exactly what shot I'm talking about. But yeah, um, didn't love it. it. It's not horrible, but it's definitely on the lower tier of horror movies I've seen uh, recently. Uh, I said on Letterboxd, I was very disappointed with the taking of Deborah Logan. The film had a lot of potential. However, most of the scares didn't work for me, and the story got too big scale. And I said, let me know what you guys thought about this one. So yeah, if you guys don't like my reviews of these movies, please let me know why. If you do like them, I would love to hear your opinion. So yeah, I would love to just hear what you all think about these movies I'm talking about. Uh, the next one is the newest... I don't want to say that yet. It's the second newest movie. Third newest... Third newest movie on this list. Uh, I saw this in theaters with two of my friends that are big horror fans as much as I am. And this was the new Indian horror film, It Lives Inside. This was a movie that when that trailer first came out, I was like, okay. I was like, they, they might have got me here. And I was convincing them because I, I have a tendency to pick bad horror movies to go see in theaters. But I'm pretty good when I'm at home. It's it's in theaters. I get them wrong a lot. Um, so I finally convinced them all to go with me. And this movie started off really well. Like, it, it the opening is great. And then it kind of hits, like, a dull point for a little bit. Then it picks up and you're, like, back to loving it. And then, like every other horror movie... They show the monster when you don't. I feel like if you don't have the budget to make a cool monster, don't show the monster, because I think it's just as scary not seeing it as it is seeing it. And the design for the monster was just bad. I mean, they went practical, so I, I gave them a little credit for that. But all in all, they, it just looked goofy. It kind of looked like something I would make with like clay, and it wasn't claymation, but it looked like I'd make like a bodysuit out of clay. It, it was just poor. But the the main girl was a really good actress. The movie had some really creepy sequences. But all in all, the movie just missed for me. This is, I think this is the lowest rated movie on the list so far. Uh, I gave it a one and a half stars. I said, this horror film had a ton of potential but never seems to reach it. And the design for Monster was atrocious. Okay, so I'm pretty pretty similar. Oh, my guy hit the Fox Sports app. So, yeah, pretty close to what I uh, what I said. Okay, on to the next. Uh, let, me, let me answer my mom. That's awesome. Sorry about that. Um, the next movie on this list is one of my favorites so far from the countdown, and this was Paranormal Activity 3. Um, there's a big thing with me. I don't get why horror movies have to have sequels, but 
but uh, I saw Paranormal Activity 1 when I was 11 years old. Scared the living shit out of me. But I never watched any of the other ones because I was like, there's no way they're good. I'm not going to watch them. But then I saw a lot of positive reviews for 2 and 3 as for horror movie sequels. And I was like, okay. Um, so I decided to watch 3. Again, I put it on at midnight by myself. Probably scared me a little bit. I lay walked to my room yelling to Toby, the ghost from the film, not to come out and hurt me. But I gave this three stars, and my opinion on the film was, this is a hot take, but this was a really, really well-done found footage horror movie. It had a really scary scenes and knew how to build the tension. Ugh. Knew how to build the tension and have really good payoffs. Very excited to continue the countdown. This film was scary. It was tense. It didn't go too big scale, and the ending was a great twist that I had no idea was going to happen. So I was I was a big fan. Um, and we'll get to the second one. I did watch the second one on this countdown, but I started with three because I read that I saw that three is a prequel to one. Three is a prequel to two. Two is a prequel to one. So I was like, I'm just going to rewatch them in reverse order now because I haven't seen the first one in a long time. Um, but yeah, Paranormal Activity 3. Good job. I thought that was a really good horror movie. Um, as you guys know, I think we talked about on the show, me and Ryan for our Halloween episode are going to be, yeah, we're going to be ranking the Conjuring universe and Ryan has only seen the Conjuring one. So, and we're going to rewatch because he watched it and that's where Ryan's fear of harmony was kind of stemmed from, but we decided we're going to watch them in chronological order. So the way that they came out. And of course that starts off with Annabelle creation, which the first time I saw it, I think I gave it a one. This time I gave it two and a half stars. And I think it was much better than I remembered, but at the same time it's still in that lower tier of that, that universe. Because I think what James Wan created in this world was really well done. But it's not as good as I remember the universe being. So stay tuned for when we do that episode because I think I'm going to have a lot of different opinions than I had before. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Annabelle Creation, though, not bad, not great. Creepy scenes, but all in all it didn't didn't hit the mark as much as I would like it to. Uh, following that is The Nun. And The Nun. Oh, man, this movie. I uh, I saw this movie on the opening night with a girl that I really liked at the time. And I remember being so god darn excited to see this movie. And I remember walking out just disappointed. Because Volok, the character of Volok, the, the nun lady, for those who haven't watched any of those movies, you've probably seen her, the creepy nun. Um... I think she is so scary when she's just standing there. She doesn't have to be doing anything crazy. Like, she's just standing in, like, a hallway. Or when she puts, like, her hands around, like, a corner or something. I love that. I think that it's very tense. I think she's just a cool character. But this movie doesn't do that. This movie uses every other demon and some of Alec. So that, that was a main issue for me. And it's just not scary. It's just not a scary movie. But I did give it two stars. I said... Really great set pieces and good performances, but with how scary Volok is in the Conjuring movies, this movie should have been much better, which I still agree with. Moving on from The Nun, I think it's The Nun too. I don't remember if you watched them out of order. We did, because I think it's Annabelle, then The Nun, but god darn it. Um, we'll start with The Nun too. Uh, I went and saw The Nun too. I've seen it three times now. I, I'm i a big fan. It's not the scariest movie I've ever seen, but Volok is very creepy, and I was just, I was just a really, I really enjoyed it. I liked that it was pretty much like a eerie Indiana Jones movie, and they let, um, they just, the one Farmiga uh, sister who plays the main character, 
she's great in both Nun movies, so I, I really hope to see her again. But this movie could have been better. It could have been scarier. But all in all, much better than the first one. Definitely liked it more than I thought I was going to. And hence why I saw it a couple times. And I even got my family to go see it. And my dad, who hates the first one, genuinely enjoyed this one. So, yeah, um, I liked the nun too. And I said, genuinely enjoyed this film. And it was a lot of fun. They just let Valak be scary and not try too hard. So, good job. And the next movie is Annabelle. This movie makes me so angry. Just because the first 15 minutes are some of the scariest moments in the entire Conjuring universe. Then the rest of the movie happens, which is garbage. It's, in my opinion, might be the worst movie in the universe. We haven't finished yet, and I know La Llorona is not good, because I, I didn't even like it when I first saw it. But we are going to rewatch La Llorona. But at the moment, I'm not really... It's just not a good movie. It is poorly made. It's poorly made. It's not scary. They use every trope ever, so the jump scares don't even work. So yeah, um, great opening, terrible rest of a movie. And I said this movie is a terrific opening, and then an hour and a half of by-the-book horror that just doesn't work. It's just a bad movie. I gave it one star. Following that, I went and saw The Exorcist Believer, which I've been mixed feelings about when the trailer came, when they announced it, because I didn't think we'd ever need another one. But the requels haven't been horrible, so I was like, okay, maybe. Maybe this one won't be bad. And then I went and saw it. And this movie is the definition of great scene, bad scene, great scene, bad scene. It's a flip-flop movie. Every other scene, it, there's great moments and there's some horrible moments. So the movie's, eh, it's not great. There's some scary scenes, but all in all, it just, it wasn't as good as it should have been. And they went a little too big scale when it could have been something small scale. Great twist, though, at the end. I will give them that. That's what saved this movie for me a little bit. It probably would have been, like, in the 30s. We get some of them in the 50s because it was a great, like, final 15 minutes. Uh, so yeah, two and a half stars. The Exorcist Believer is the most hit or miss movie I've seen in a while. Some of the scenes are good, some are bad. I wish the movie was also scarier. All in all, not horrible, but could have been much better. I think they had a chance to make a really scary movie and just a good horror movie, and they kind of just they just missed by a little bit. Uh, next was another found footage movie. You know, I'm, just, I'm instead of talking, about it, I'm just gonna read my letterbox for and then add notes. So the next movie I watched was due to a Mason Side video, and it was saying. If you if you if you like Jojima Jojima I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm saying that right Jojima Haunted Asylum then go check out Grave Encounters which is pretty much like an Americanized version of it even though I think this might have came out first whatever Jojima Haunted Asylum top five horror movies I've ever watched in my life Grave Encounters middle of the road not great not bad again not scary enough which I think is becoming a common factor. I like scary movies, and the fact that the majority of the movies I've watched during Halloween season haven't scared me is not a good sign, I don't think. Excuse me. Excuse me again. Jimmy Crickets. Um, so my review was two and a half stars out of five on Letterboxd. This is just a worse version of Jujima Haunted Asylum. Again, not bad, but could have been better. So if you're going to watch a found footage horror movie about a haunted asylum, choose Jujima Haunted Asylum. I stand by that, so go check out Jujima Haunted Asylum. It is free on YouTube, and it is horrifying and just a well-made movie. Following up from that, me, Ryan, uh, my buddy Sean, who did Suicide with me, Suicide Squad on this uh, with me, and our buddy Ian, who will join us when we review Attack on Titan, the final chapter. Um, we went and saw Saw X, and I was, 
I talked a lot of shit on this movie when the trailer got announced because the trailer did not look good. And I started rewatching the Saw movies because I've only seen the first one. So I've been watching them. Saw X, hot take here. Best Saw movie ever. I mean, not in my opinion, not even close. It has some really good traps. Uh, Tobin Bell as Jake Saul gives a really good performance. His best performance, but that's not saying much because he doesn't have a lot to do in the movies. But he is fantastic in this one. So go check it out. Saul X, very good. Um, I think I gave it. Yeah, I gave it three and a half stars. In my opinion, the best Saul franchise to date. It had some really cool traps and a great performance by Tobin Bell. Highly recommend everyone check out this fan. If you are a fan of the franchise, if you do not like gore, do not check out Saul X. It has one of the most gruesome scenes I've ever seen in the movie. I like those kind of scenes, especially in the Saul movie. Ryan, I've never seen him squirm at a movie, and Ryan even told me he's never squirmed at a movie. He was squirming next to me during the one scene, and I thought it was a really cool trap. And it's probably the worst. It's one of the worst ones in the Saul movie. So, yeah. Go go check out Saul X. It's good. It's a surprisingly good movie. Um, after that, I've talked about this before. Michael Myers, to me, is the most iconic horror character of all time. There's no one better than Michael Myers. And I just don't think I'll ever be beat. The first Halloween is, in my opinion, one of the greatest movies of all time. It's probably my top, probably top, top 50 greatest movies ever. Might be might be even forty or thirty, um, and the 20, 2018, I think I'm gonna say twenty eighteen twenty eighteen version. Uh, but John Joseph, whatever, David Green, Gordon Green, David Gordon Green, yeah, his first one it was amazing. It's another really good horror movie. A great, probably one of my favorite slasher movies. Then there's Rob Zombie's Halloween, which is what I watched. And uh, my family loves this movie. My mom, dad, and my brother, and my sister. Not my youngest sister. She's still too young to watch this movie. But that's why I also like the other Halloweens. You can show them to kids a lot younger because they're not super gory. And Well, not the 2018 one. That was pretty gory. But the original one, you can show it to kids. There's not a, a lot of bad stuff in those scenes. Except for the one scene in the bedroom, they have to fast forward a little bit. Or cover their eyes. But all in all, Rob Zombie... People love you. I, I just can't get behind the style of movies he makes. I think they're too over the top. And there's nothing wrong with nudity in movies. I don't really care. As long as it moves the plot forward and it's not just random shit. Uh, and there's there's no need for every character in a movie to be white trash. I mean, it's a normal town, it looks like, and every single person's a scumbag. But the characters aren't likable. Michael Myers, I don't need his backstory on why he kills people. I just want to be an evil serial killer. That's it. So, yeah, not a good movie. I don't. I just don't think it's well done. I just think he tried too hard, and it's it's just bad. And this one's bad. I saw the second one of Rob Zombie's worst slasher movie ever made. I was like, I like I watched Lamageddon and Velocipasser a hundred times each before I watched that movie again. His mask looks stupid. Everyone knows the number one rule about Michael Myers. He doesn't run. He falls on sprints in the second Rob Zombie. It's bad. It's just a bad movie. So, yeah, I don't like them. I don't like the first one. I think it's. I think they made uh, Laurie Strode, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character normally. They made her unlikable. I couldn't care less if she died or not. I didn't care about any of the characters. I just think it's a bad movie. I, I just didn't like it. That's really it. So, yeah, Rob Zombie. What the hell, man? Um, and then the final one, as of right now, I'm going to watch the, P the Pukinski. P Pukinski Kate. The Pusk... God darn it. 
Bukinski tapes. I'm going to watch that tonight. I think I said it wrong, but I'm going to watch it after the Phillies. It's supposedly a really good mockumentary again. Um, but last night, I after the Phillies, I decided to watch Paranormal Activity 2. So I'm going backwards. And I'm trying to only watch a couple more found footage because for the rest of Halloween, I do want to watch some slashers, some home invasion, some paranormal. Yeah, I know this is paranormal, but it's found footage paranormal. I want, like, normal paranormal. Um, Paranormal Activity 2. I'm just going to read my letterbox review. Uh, so I give it a 2 out of 5. Not horrible. Not great. Um, out of the three main films, to my opinion, this is by far the weakest. I was very disappointed with how boring the film was because it was definitely very slow. And I get, like, they were trying to build it up like they do in all the movies. But the other ones keep you enticed the entire movie. This did not. Um, I wish they followed more in the steps of the third one, which hits you with consistent tension. And it doesn't always have to be something crazy. But just something small, like, the third one's so good because it has the panning uh, shot on the fan, which is just a really cool shot of the living room kitchen. I don't know why I kept doing this the whole time. But, yeah, I think it's just a it's just a well-made movie, the third one. And the first one's iconic. So, uh, I wish the second one was scary. I wish it was a little less boring. But if you like Paranormal Activity, I think you will enjoy this movie. It's not it's not horrible. I should probably raise the score, cause I, or I should lower Halloween's. One of the two. It's hard on Loudbox out of five stars. But, yeah, um, those are the movies I've been watching recently. Oh, I'll add one more because I, I didn't, we didn't get to review it because Ryan hadn't seen it yet. Because Ryan couldn't come to the stream with me, the early screening of it a month ago. And that was The Creator, which I know came out a while ago now. And I know a lot of you don't care. <laughs> but uh, I give four stars out of five. I said Gareth Edwards had no right to make this movie as emotional as he did. What the hell is wrong with you? And lastly, thanks to the creator for the early screening for this amazing film. Uh, I brought my buddy Michael with me, and he really loved it. I like sci-fi. I think sci-fi is a great genre. Probably right below horror, in my opinion. But yeah, um, I think Gerardo Edwards did a great job. John David Washington. Uh, the little girl from the film, she was the best child performance I've seen in a long time. Um, but yeah, the movie hits all, all the emotions. It gets a little tense, sad, happy, funny. Great action. Uh, the visual effects are stunning. Yeah, so I, I really like the movie. I know it's not everyone's favorite thing right now, but I think in a couple of years people will have more respect for this movie. And it's sad that it bombed as much as it did. But yeah, um, those are all the movies I've watched um, over this last mo- last 20 days, 18 days now. Yeah, so yeah, uh, this was a weird episode. This was probably this is the longest I'll probably ever do an episode by myself. But yeah, uh, thank you. I hope if there's anyone still here that cared to hear me talk, uh, thank you for staying here and staying tuned. Let me know if you guys like these kind of episodes. I can talk more about the eating disorder stuff. I can talk more about the podcasting side of things. Talk more about, I'll keep doing these letterbox reviews. You guys like them. If you don't, you want me to go back to the film spotlights, I'll do that too. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning into the show. Thanks to all of our sponsors of the show. Thanks to Letterbox for being the best social media app that there is. And uh, yeah, I think... What are we gonna? Re- oh, next film we're reviewing is uh, *Killers of the Flower Moon*. Monster Mercedes' newest film, Leonardo DiCaprio. That episode should be coming out this week or next week. I'm not quite sure. Go Phillies, uh, and I'll see you guys soon.